0: Louise McSharry on 2FM.
1: Now, millions of Muslims worldwide will start to observe the holy month of Ramadan this coming Tuesday. Uh, Lots of us would know about the fasting element of Ramadan, but of course, there's so much more to it. So, here to share with us her experience of Ramadan and to tell us about the role her charity, Muslim Sisters of Era, plays is Lorraine O'Connor. Hello, Lorraine. Good morning, how are you doing? Good morning, beautiful morning, isn't it? It is, and thank, doesn't the weather... It. I mean, I, I'm sorry now to be talking to you about the weather, but doesn't it make <laughs> such a difference...
0: It certainly does. What's this? Uh, you know, song. You, you know, the seasons in the sun. Oh my God, we've be- certainly seen the seasons in the sun in the past week. <laughs> we no rain, sure everything.
1: That's Ireland. That is Ireland. Absolutely oh, beautiful. Um, so let's start at the very beginning because, as I said, like lots of non-Muslim people would be vaguely aware of Ramadan as something that happens. We would be aware mm-hmm. that there's kind of a fasting element to it, but obviously there's a lot more to it. So can you tell us a little bit of, uh, more about it and what it means to you?
0: Okay, the month of Ramadan is a really really holy month. It's it's a it's a spiritual month. It's where Muslims will connect, you know, with the creator. They'd spend a lot of time reading the Quran, they'd spend a lot of time um abstaining from like the normal things that we would do watching the telly, you know, maybe listening to the radio, um you know, going out shopping, all of that. And try and self-reflect within that month. Mm. Um you know, before I became a Muslim and uh, we used to do Lent back then, um, you know, it, I suppose it has a little bit of similarities to Lent when you would be, I not the Lent I did when I was a kid, but I remember the Lent my mother did, yeah. where I could see my mother fasting as well and spending a lot of time reading her Bible and spending a lot of time praying within that month of Lent. So I suppose um, coming from a non-Muslims perspective, kind of connected that way, might mm. help a little bit of understanding. But it is a very holy month um, for Muslims right throughout the world.
1: And so what does that mean for most people's day-to-day? Aside from, as you said, you, I suppose you're making... Would you consider them sacrifices when you're not doing things like watching the TV or whatever?
0: Well, it's... It, it, Kind of, it's a whole month of abstaining from, I suppose, the normal things. It, it, it's it's more of a month where you would spend reflecting on yourself. Um, I suppose nurturing your relationship as we feel with God um spending more time in prayer where you would go to bed say normally ten, eleven o'clock at night, you will be up till two or three in the morning, you know, because the second part of the vast the fast starts at around I think it's half two this year, half two or three. I need to look at my calendar there. So you will be staying up longer at night. You will pray, you know, we, we do a prayer called Tarawea prayer, which is um after the last fifth prayer. Mm -hmm. At night, which ends around, say, half nine, ten, people then pray Tarawiyah prayer, which is, it would last for anywhere from an hour up, and you'd be standing in, you know, really, really, you know, concentrating in this prayer and then you would have the Fajr prayer coming in in the morning just before you break your fast and that prayer would be a lot of people stay awake till that prayer comes Mm -hmm. because that's the time where you would have kind of your breakfast and you'd have more water and so forth and so on and preparing yourself for a full day of fasting.
1: Okay, I get it. So it's not so much about sacrifice, it's about using your time in a different way. So you're dedicating the time that you have to your faith. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about the fasting, because a lot of us would have kind of, you know, as I said, an awareness of it. But what is the idea behind that?
0: Well, you know, the fasting starts, as you know, it it, it comes in at um, sunrise, sorry, sunset. It starts, uh, sorry, sunrise, it starts at sunrise and it ends at sunset. So, you know, the minute the sun cracks in the morning, that's it, your fast has started. You're abstaining from food and water. It is one of the fifth, uh, five pillars of Islam, so it is on you to, you know, it's, it's, it's rec- said that a Muslim woman, a uh, Muslim, should fast. That is one of the pillars of Islam that, you know, when it's one of your declarations of faith. Mm. But there is many reasons why a person doesn't have to fast. Mm. If they're sick, if they're on medication. If a woman has a period, she will stop fasting. If a woman has just given birth, she doesn't fast. Children don't fast. The elderly don't fast. Any way that the breastfeeding mother doesn't fast, any way that the fast will affect you and mm. cause you more damage, mm. you, you're you not allowed fast. So you abstain from you know, fasting. Mm. Um, so when people think, oh, the you know, the holy month of, of Ramadan and Muslims are made, you know, not made, but cho- choose to fast, mm. they think that um, this fast is even on children, it's on elderly, it's on sick. Now, there's so many rulings in, in the particular fast itself that stops you from fasting, that you don't need to fast. Mm. Especially if you cause any damage or any harm to your body, and many people um, fast through the, the the month of Ramadan, and it can have a big effect on them, and they are told to stop. Mm. You know, but again, it's choice. It so boils back down to choice. But as I suppose, with mothers, they, you know, Ramadan, the hustle and bustle of Ramadan is absolutely beautiful in a Muslim's house. Mm. So the preparing of of um, the feast to uh, to be, if which is like a feast, we all, mothers go beyond and out on, on in sorry, Jordan Ramadan when mm. they break the fast in the evening, all special kind of foods come out, special drinks come mm. out and the younger children are watching that and they take part in all that and usually pre-COVID you'd have families over, yeah. friends over and you all break gift tar together and some I know my children are all older now but some of my colleagues children are younger and they'd be like oh we want to fast we want to yeah. fast and the mothers would <laughs> let them for two hours yeah. and then make a big deal oh my god you're brilliant you're absolutely <laughs> fabulous but now here's a drink and come up and have your lunch yeah. do you know what I mean
1: They do yeah it's it, special it, 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 it,
0: It makes them feel special at the moment. The the houses, like including my own house, we've got Ramadan Mubarak, lights, decorations up. I've got grandchildren coming. Mm -hmm. I've got badges for them. I've got things going on. I'll do little activities with them. So the whole hustle and bustle, although it's a holy month, Mm -hmm. we also make it very special. Especially for our children, and especially living in a non-Islamic country, yeah. because you know we don't celebrate Christmas, and the children have that in front of them, so yeah. we do make an extra little bit more special for them.
1: Yeah, Anna, is it hard? Lovely. Is it hard for uh, Muslim kids to kind of? Experience. I mean, they they do experience Christmas because yeah. it's around, um, yeah. but obviously it's not celebrated in in the same way. Is that is that tricky to manage? I would imagine as a parent, it might be a bit tough.
0: I suppose when when my kids were younger, I mean, I, I again, I wasn't always Muslim, and my mm. kids would have celebrated Christmas when they were younger. But when I suppose when I became a Muslim and then uh, stopped celebrating Christmas and started celebrating Eid. Um, I suppose the first year was hard but I would have given them a year to know it wasn't just okay no more Christmas no yeah. more Santa no more you like the last Christmas straight after that would have been in the January um, and, and again my children I was Catholic my husband was Muslim so we were kind of doing a bit of both right. that way do you know what I yeah. mean so Eid was always very much in my family yeah. but I suppose when I became Muslim I gave them a year's notice and saying well look you know mum's Muslim we're going to just focus on Eid now so forth and so on but that's where I made sure on Eid it was very similar to Christmas yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they come downstairs in Eid morning with lots of presents lots of gifts from uh, from my friends and You know, so that it's it's beautiful in yeah. that in that way as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it, I mean that makes total sense. And then they have their special time this where maybe it. the kids in their class can be a bit jealous of them. <laughs> this is it. This um, is it. So tell me, you are the founder of Muslim Sisters of Area and um, I I have seen your work on the internet, and you know you are feeding people. you it looks like you're flat out feeding people. Oh, just
0: exhausted.
1: It was last night. Yeah. Yeah, and and. So, tell us just very we don't have a lot of time, so just yeah. quickly kind of about that work, and then also, you know, I gathered that you have to feed Muslim men who are living in hostels yeah. as well this yeah. month.
0: we do so uh, you know we've got a lot of different projects going on, mm-hmm. okay, but I suppose one of the kind of real visual project is the work that we do down on Friday night in outside the g p o yeah. and we're going into our sixth year there. Yeah, So we're a long time there. And what we would have been feeding every week due to our data, what we buy, what comes in, what goes out and the grass that one of our colleagues does keeps an eye on everything. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Pre-COVID, we would have fed about 250 people a week. Yeah. Um, now we're up to last night, it was 560, I think the count was last wow. night. And we're totally cleaned out, totally yeah. cleaned out. Now that's just 560 hot meals. That's not taken into account the crisps, the fruit, the yogurt, the breads, the cakes, the Mm. you know, all the sandwiches that are made, everything. We've got five six foot tables. So there you go, five multiplied by six. That's the length that's there. Um, the needs has gone really up. Poverty, there is a new poverty and yeah. it's called COVID poverty. Yeah. People have lost their jobs, people uh, can't cope, especially when children are out of school with the social welfare children. One woman said to me down there about two weeks ago, my kids are like Pac-Man, they're just eating the old house <laughs> and home, I can't keep food on the table, I'm on yeah. social welfare. And I get that, because yeah. how many of us out there have all put on weight during this lockdown, because all we're doing is eating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So. The COVID poverty is huge. It's, yeah. it's, it's really bad down there. Yeah. And, it, you know, we've doubled I drive so,
1: by um on my way after I collect my lads from uh childcare in the evening. I drive by um somewhere that that provides meals, and I yeah. have noticed. I have to say, I have noticed a lot more children in the queue oh, uh, with their parents. Yeah. And yeah, it it will break your heart.
0: Oh, it breaks. You know, there's your child in the back of the car going yeah, home safely. Exactly. What mother wants to queue up with her children for no, basic yeah, food? None. It, none. Yeah, it really is heartbreaking, and the little children down there. That's why we always try every week to have special treats and there's one woman on that table that does not give them chocolate or, or little sweet treats out to adults they're only for the children oh. and yeah just to you know bright that little time down there that when they know they're coming down oh we're going we're going to get treats tonight you know yeah. that kind of thing but yeah. it's heartbreaking another project we have we got a call from one... This is the third year we're doing it from one of the hostels and they have 21 Muslim men in there. Now, although they can have... Facilitate them to break their fast. If you remember there, I was just talking about when the fast starts mm. at the early hours of the morning. There's no facilities for them no. to be able to get food. So what we have done, we have got rucksacks and in them we have all non-perishable foods and drinks and things mm. that they can have beside them to eat and drink at that hour of the morning. And we also, you know, like like... Um, Maybe give little hygiene bags in them and socks and that kinds of stuff for them. So every week, them bags are refilled Mm. right during Ramadan for them. Just let them have a sense of belonging and a sense of not feeling so isolated. So they'll be going out this week and also um, Monday morning too. I have a fan loads I did a call out for Easter eggs and usually we get thousands but this year I think I don't know what happened it was like the Tyler roll scenario Yeah I heard there
1: was a real shortage Oh my
0: god well we were lucky enough we have a good couple of hundred, so we'll deliver them on Monday morning to the children in the provision centres who didn't actually get any this time
1: Yeah Can I ask you just before I let you go there's been a lot of talk about the hijab over the last couple of weeks because of what's happening in France where they're moving to ban the hijab in public schools and spaces for girls under the age of 18. And, I'm, you know, I don't need you to go into all of that. But yeah. I just would love to know what wearing the hijab means to you. Well, I suppose
0: when you boil down to choice, what a choice that any woman in the world chooses to wear should be respected. When I put on my hijab, it's part of my identity. It's part of me as a Muslim woman. And it's a choice that I make between me and my creator. And it's a very personal choice. And I don't think in 2021, any government or any male dominant government... Should be dictating what a woman should and shouldn't wear. It's, yeah. it's absolutely horrific. I can't get my head around this. Yeah. That there's a, a table of males there putting in this amendment bill that a, a child under, as they say, an under eighteen, shouldn't be allowed to wear hijab. Yet in France, the consensual age for a child to have sexual intercourse—sorry, not child—a uh, young lady is fifteen years of age. Yeah. I'm like, what?
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know so what a I mean? 15 year old can make that choice, but they can't choose to wear a hijab. Yeah. And they
0: can't choose to put a scarf on her head. Yeah. And, and, and it's going to cause an awful lot of social like disturbance yeah. and impact on a young girl who was choosing to wear that. Absolutely. And they know what they do doing. When she comes to 18 years of age, she'll have fear yeah. because there's so much. He, they, the police will have the authority to harass and arrest any Muslims that are wearing yeah. it job. Yeah. What young girl is going to put that on her head now? She's, yeah. she's not going to feel secure. It's, it's horrific. Yeah. Gosh, I,
1: I, well, I'm, I really appreciate you sharing your views on that. Um, Lorraine, if people want to support Muslim Sisters of Era, how can they do so?
0: Well, if you go onto the website, which is www. M S O E dot ie. If you go onto our Facebook, Muslim Sisters of ERA. If you go onto the Twitter, uh, M-O-S-T underscore Dublin. But just before I go, I'd love to give a huge shout out to the Irish public. They have absolutely been amazing. I'm so proud to be Irish, and I'm mm. so proud of the work and support that the Irish and um, society are giving Muslim Sisters of ERA. You know, they, I, just all that I can do. I can't thank you enough. Oh. Anyone that's listening out there, you have been amazing to us. So. So beautiful so to hear.
1: you all. Yeah. Lorraine, thank you so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed talking to you. That's Lorraine O'Connor from Muslim Sisters of Era. Have a lovely day, Lorraine. You too. Take thank care. Thank you. Love. Bye. on 2FM.